contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented by BetOnline.ag. It's your online sportsbook experts. They're, of course, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. That's betonline.ag. It's a Brant's Rants edition of the Business of Sports with a few questions at the end that I'll answer for you in the Ask Andrews segment. But first, the Rants of the Week. And my first rant is really about a sport I don't talk about a lot. That is Major League Baseball because, to me, it's fascinating what's going on in free agency. We're now in mid-February. When we talk about free agency in the NBA or in the NFL, free agents are signed at the moment the bell goes off. Anyone good or worth his salt or top free agent is gone an hour into free agency. If not, of course, we all, wink, wink, know this happens even before free agency starts. In the tampering period with the NFL, in the moratorium period in the NBA, that first week of July, everyone's agreeing to terms, and indeed some backed out. Remember DeAndre Harris with the, uh, with the Mavericks years ago going back to the Clippers. So that can happen too, or Frank Gore with the Colts and the Eagles backing out of the Eagles going to the Colts. But here we are in Major League Baseball, and we're three months in. Free agency started in November, November, December, January, now February and the guys haven't signed. Now, some, a few have signed, but we're talking about the biggest names, and of course, at the top of the list, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Unsigned, as we sit here in mid-February. Unsigned. Pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. The season starts in a month. It's amazing to me that they're still out there. Now, what's happening is, I guess, Scott Boris and Lozano, the agent for Machado, are kind of watching and waiting each other. Who's going to go first, set the market? Maybe that's why. Another reason is the agents know the teams aren't going away. They're not going to drop off just because they have to wait. And they're trying to sort of stir up new interest. We saw with Bryce Harper, he's taking meetings with the Padres and Giants, and maybe those teams weren't even big early on, but they've come to the realization that, hey, he's not signing, let's jump in. And Boris, of course, will set a market that's way ridiculously high and then sort of look uh, quote-unquote reasonable if he does take a deal at that point. For instance, you know, I'm just guessing here, Boris asked for a deal of $500 million for 10 years for uh, Bryce Harper and then will kind of look reasonable if he settles, if you will, for $300 million over 10 years, which is what the Nationals have offered reportedly. And he may end up getting that or may end up getting a little more or maybe a little less. But to me, it's uncanny what's going on in baseball. Now, here's the thing that I guess is going on. It's the years and the opt-outs because the years are very important and teams are scared and wary of giving a lot of years, you know, the Albert Pujols and Josh Hamilton deals that blow up after a couple of years. Now, again, you wouldn't think that'd be an issue for Machado and Harper, who are in their mid-20s, even if you do a 10-year deal that's mid-30s, although players do break down. The other part of it is this, the analytics guys are more, like as they are in basketball, as they are in football, getting more and more involved, and they've always been in baseball, but now, and maybe they've always been in baseball on the scouting side, but now on the paying side, on the financial side, the accountants, the stat heads, the analytic guys are maybe determining, no, we shouldn't jump in here. 
you know, obviously we have to talk about the C word. Is it collusion? Is that what's going on in Major League Baseball free agency? It happened last year, the question of collusion and guys not signing, and there were training camps down there for unsigned veterans. So we'll see if that's the play this year. I don't think we're near collusion, but the union, which is the strongest of the team's sports because there's no salary cap, has to figure out what's going on. And I know, you know, maybe it's just that the Yankees are people afraid of the luxury tax, but it just doesn't seem like free agency has the meaning it did years ago. And when you have the top free agents in baseball sitting on their hands in mid-February, it's just shocking to me. The ultimate proof is going to be in what they get. But think about all the free agents lined up behind these top guys kind of waiting for the market to set. And yes, these guys are going to get strong deals with high guarantees through many years. But the opt-outs seem to be what teams are balking against, where players want it all ways. They want the long-term deal with the big average, and they want the ability to get out. You know, if I'm a team, I'm going to resist that, or at least want my ability to get out too. Maybe have mutual options for getting out of the deal. Players want to get out if their careers still have that northern trajectory, and they want to get even more. Teams would want to get out if this, this deal is going south. Let the player do what he wants. So these player options, these opt-outs, which we've seen in the NBA with LeBron, with Durant, with Clay Thompson, people, uh, Jimmy Butler, able to get out of deals because they have so much leverage. That's probably what's going on here. But the point of the rant is I can't believe what's going on in Major League Baseball free agency. Three months into it, where you look at football and basketball, three months in, there's zero money left. You're signing guys for minimum at that point. And you're just trying to squeeze in guys. The money's gone, as you know, in basketball and football after a week or two. And everybody's playing musical chairs to try to get what's left. In baseball, it's all delayed. Do I think Machado and Harper will have deals by opening day? Absolutely. Do I think they have deals by opening day of spring training? No. So we'll see what happens. That's my first rant of the week in a Brant's Rants edition. Now word... From someone who I have featured on the program before, MetPro, they're a proven platform. They help people transform their bodies and their metabolism. It's a personalized approach. I use it. They're backed by data. They're driven by strategy. They have industry-leading experts. They challenge the generalized health guidance that people talk about with diets, etc., and they use data. They use your individual data to identify the best nutrition and training strategy, maximize your potential and your performance. It's this metabolic profiling. People spend hours training every day, but they fail when it comes to nutrition. They'll master your nutrition. You can take your progress to the next level. The coaches at MetPro work one-on-one, identify your specific response to diet and activity. They're good people. Angela Poli, the CEO, has been on this podcast talking about transforming people's body with metabolism, with nutrition, with exercise, etc. So go to MetPro. And when you go there at metro.co slash BOS for business of sports, metro.co slash BOS, metro, metabolic training to transform your body, transform your life. My next rant goes to the AAF. I had, again, the CEO, the founder of the Alliance for American Football on the podcast last week, Charlie Eversall, talked about it. And now we have data. We have the first week of the AAF. People were... We're agog. People liked the Alliance for American Football. It has a chance. It has legs. So what I want to say about it is, yes, we have to give it time, see if it sustains. Saturday night, February 9th, the first night of the – it outrated or at least tie-rated 
Oklahoma City versus Houston in basketball that night, which are two of the marquee teams. And yes, that's good for any football league. Listen, the problem I think for the AAF is the strength. And the strength is it has tremendous investment and a lot of different investors. Investors from Silicon Valley, investors with NFL resumes like a Justin Tuck, a friend of mine who's a Wharton MBA, now on Wall Street, of course, the Super Bowl winning New York Giant, also an investor. Corporate investors, Chernin Group, which which owns Barstool Sports, which gets involved in a lot of media properties. And of course, as Charlie Ebersol talked about on my podcast, Silicon Valley investors. That's the good news. The bad news is all these investors are going to try to figure out what they want out of this deal. And they're going to be divergent interests. So I think the advantage in a year for the XFL is there's only one investor. It's WWE, and he's rumored to be spending half a billion dollars of his, meaning Vince McMahon, or WWE's money towards that. And when you can do that, it gives you sort of a singular focus. The issue for the AAF is all these different investment options. Now, why do you invest in the AAF? All these good reasons. You have NFL royalty with Bill Poland. You have, you have media royalty with the Ebersol name, Dick Ebersol's son, Charlie, being the lead guy for this league. The question becomes, what can you get out of this now? And that will be determined in time. But you may see these investors want this. Maybe it's just a corporate play. Some investors want us want to maybe sign bigger names, and will that cost more money? Will they get away from the model of seventy thousand for every player? Will they get into a we can go above these sort of de facto cap to get our favorite player if we're going to go after a Tim Tebow or something like that or a Colin Kaepernick? We'll have to see if that comes because that can be the ruination of the league long term. Everything sounds good; it's not going to sustain that sort of positive mentality all the way, unless you're going to have bigger names, unless the product continues to grow. And we'll see. We saw low attendance in Arizona the other night. Uh, We didn't see the same ratings, of course. All those things are going to be in play. But a good start. The uh, hearing the replay booth on on the mics, that was great. Transparency. Transparency builds trust. The NFL will build off that. The NFL will look at this in two and a half hour product. That will be interesting to see. So we'll have to look at that as well. So good news for the uh, AAF, short term. Okay, so let's look at it that way. And again, I encourage you to listen to the podcast for um, for the AAF last week with Charlie Arbersall. That's one you should definitely listen to on the Business of Sports podcast. My next rant, Antonio Brown. Now, listen, he's put out a statement and a video. Goodbye, Steelers, blah, blah, blah. I'm gone. Of course, we all think that means... He's getting cut or getting traded. According to Adam Schefter, neither is the case. He's obviously not getting traded now because the trading window opens on March 13th. That's not happening. He's not getting cut now, wants to be traded, a a sort of a wink-wink trade that would become official on March 13th. So we'll see what happens. I have maintained, and I know I'm in the big minority here, that he stays in Pittsburgh. And he stays in Pittsburgh because it's cheaper to keep him. You lose him. You put $21 million on your cap, and you can't spread it out over next year because that would require holding him till June. That's not going to happen, and he's got a $3 million bonus you'd have to pay before that. They're not going to give him a bonus to cut him. They have enough issues with him already. If you keep him, it's like 22 on the cap, and you got your player. 
basically the same cap hit with one of the best players in the league. Now, the trade value is going to be small. He just keeps coming out with these incidents and whatever happens. And, of course, this character issues, what's going on. And he's become a toxic player to the Steelers. What are they going to get trade value? Are they going to go for lesser trade value just to get rid of him? I would say that would be a possibility if and only if there wasn't a $21 million cap hit. So I maintain all along that he'll end up on the Steelers. One, because he's got low trade value, but mainly because of $21 million cap hit. And I know people say, well, you just got to get rid of him. No, you don't. And Mike Tomlin's dealt with this for years. This is nothing new. So they'll sit down. They'll talk about it. He'll make up with people. And until the next crisis, he'll be okay. So I maintain that'll happen. Now, I could easily, of course, be proven wrong. And he's traded somewhere. And maybe I don't think it'll be for equal value, but it'll get traded. So we'll see what happens with Antonio Brown. I think this is... Uh, you know, this is another diva player that wants out. We've seen, you know, the the kind of wide receiver mentality through the years with Terrell, with Ocho Cinco, some with Randy Moss, some with these other top receivers. And uh, it's just another line and that keeps going. But the Steelers made their bet. I mean, the way they structured contracts, they made their bet with this contract. It's not going away. And in my opinion, he's not going away. He will be there. Um. Okay, so that's my feeling on him. And the last rant, I just want to say, again, as we watch February unfold in the NFL, give a thought to all these players that are being cut. We're going to see a waiver wire filled with veterans and literally hundreds, hundreds of millions of contract value will just go away, will just drop to the floor. And what will happen is it vanishes because these contracts don't have future guarantees. They're just dust in the wind. And... Because the media and fans are brainwashed, the reaction will less be will be less about that poor player signed a contract, getting cut, it's not worth anything, $8 million, whatever it is, turns to dust. And more about, hey, that's my team. Now they got cap room. Now they got ability to sign. Who are they going to sign? It's just the way we're sort of programmed. I'm not. I've been in the business. It's my life, this sort of business of football. But... It's interesting to see that that's the brainwashing that goes on. So give a thought to all these players. Now, again, it's so different in other sports. Other sports, we see players cut or bought out or whatever, but they're paid. You know, but football players, these guys aren't going to be paid. So when we see the players cut, you know, uh, give a thought. I mean, they're not being paid. And that's unfortunate. And that's what happens in football. Before I get to the questions for the week, and I'll answer a few this week, first, a word from our sponsor. It's Bet Online. February's the big action month. NBA, college basketball, NHL. Teams are putting themselves in position for March Madness. There's only one place to do all of this. It's betonline.ag. You sign up now. You get your free account in Online AG. Podcast One is your promo code. 50% sign-up bonus today. Again, What's going on out there? You've got Bucks Raptors at the top of the East. You've got LeBron and the Lakers. You've got college basketball. See what's going on with Steady Virginia, both Michigan schools, Gonzaga, and of course Duke. You've got the NHL, Tampa, New York, Winnipeg, Calgary, all the top of their divisions. What's going on besides that? Will Washington repeat all these things? So use your mobile device today. Sign up for betonline.ag. Use the promo code podcast1. 50% sign up bonus. Also, try the in-game live betting app for all the fun action. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
Now it's time to hear from you. It's the Ask Andrew. I'll answer your voicemail part of the podcast. You can leave me a voicemail. I'll answer it here on the podcast. Ask Andrew at 484-416-5654. That's 484-416-5654. A couple answers for you today. All questions both from Louisiana. Let's start with D'Angelo. I have another question about trades and the receiving team. Like we heard about Antonio Brown and the cap hit that the Steelers would take if they were to trade him. My question is, what happens to, with the receiving team? Like, say, if he was traded to San Francisco, for example, um, is the contract exactly the same? Is the cap hit exactly the same for San Francisco? Or are they just paying the base salary on the contract? How exactly does that work? Love the podcast. Look forward to the answer. Thanks, D'Angelo. It's a great question. And this is, again, the cap I've talked about with Antonio Brown of $21 million if they cut him as dead money of money counting on the roster for Pittsburgh. That's done and dead for Pittsburgh. There's nothing they can do about it if they move on from him. It's not something they can get back money. Obviously, if he do, if he gives them back money, when, he, when they get that money, they can credit it back. I don't think that's going to happen. But the new team just takes on what's left of the contract. The new team doesn't take on... Any of the built-up acceleration, the unamortized proration, any of the bonus, any of the dead money, the stuff that sits on the Pittsburgh cap, it's not like that can be moved to whatever other team acquires Antonio Brown. With the team acquiring Antonio Brown, they'll take on what he's got left on the contract. That's a 12-6 salary this year. That's 2-5 roster. they got to pay first day of league year, which could be problematic if they're getting that done. Uh, the other thing is they'll take on an $11.3 million salary next year and a $12.5 million salary in 2021. But here's the thing. Not one dime of that is guaranteed. So nothing is guaranteed. So if you're trading for Antonio Brown, you're taking on $33, $35 million over three years. But nothing is guaranteed. You can get rid of him at any time. So I guess there's some value in taking him on with that. But there is that two and a half million roster bonus they'd have to deal with if they take them on uh, pretty soon, you know, or they could figure out if that looks like it's third day of league year or something to that effect. So the trade would have to happen right away once the trading period opens. But the answer to your question is the trading team takes on all the cap hit. The new team takes on what's left of the contract without any cap hit except for the cash they're going to pay. That's it. So that's what happens. You make your bed with these contracts like the Steelers did with Antonio Brown. They're stuck with it. I maintain, as I did in my rant earlier, he will not be traded. I know it's an unpopular minority position, but I see it. that's the way it's going to go. Second question, uh, also from Louisiana. Let's hear from Jeff. Uh, I had a question. I know we're about to get inundated with uh, contract uh, signings and announcements and things like that, and all these numbers that kind of get thrown out of there. Uh, with the NFL and teams being you know, private businesses, are these contracts always subject to public uh, information? Uh, can teams or players ever decide they don't want their contract or terms of their contract to be publicly released? And, and if they do have that right, do players ever do that? Uh, I was just curious because we always hear about the details, and I never hear of anyone ever you know, having a contract signed where the terms are not released. Uh, just curious to, to know what, uh, what's going on with that. I appreciate it. I can't wait to listen. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. It's a great question. Yes, these re- contracts are reported. It seems like in the modern media, we can't hear about a contract. This is true for all sports, hockey, basketball, baseball, football, without kind of that second breath 
what he make and we feel unsatisfied unsatiated if we don't hear what he makes well a couple things first of all when it's first reported by the the newsbreakers the adam shefters the jay glazers the ken rosenthal's in baseball the wojnarowski's in basketball it's primarily 98 percent of the time well i'll say 90 percent of the time from the agent so it's from the agent now, in basketball, it, in baseball, it's sort of easier to confirm these are the real numbers because things are guaranteed. In football, you're going to see big numbers reported, and they're usually puffed. They're usually puffed with the agent. When I negotiated contracts with the Packers and we got down to closing, someone would say, you know, can I tell Schefter it's a $50 million deal or a $30 million deal or $20 million deal, even though maybe it wasn't or you had to get all these incentives? I'm like, if that what floats your boat, if that's what closes the deal, go for it. And so what we see is usually from agents, and usually they want it out there. So when you talk about the privacy and getting these contracts out there, obviously if a player doesn't want it out there, he will tell his agent, do not share that with any media. Now, it could come out because it's been report, it's reported in the NFLPA. NFLPA numbers get out there. It's public record of these contracts. Any agent that wants to look at contracts can so it can come from other agents, not from the negotiating agent where these contracts come from. But we're at an age and a time where it's kind of assumed if you're a pro athlete, your money's going to get out there. I know some athletes say don't get it out there, but it does get out there. And the unfortunate thing can be for team and player is that sometimes the information is just wrong. And that's where you try to clear it up. People in my position try to make people know that you know, 50 million is really 10 million in a series of one-year options. Most of these deals, in football at least, are one- or two-year deals, and then it's all up to the team. And that's why we're going to have so many cuts on the next few weeks in February where it's not guaranteed money. Even if Antonio Brown is cut, there's no guaranteed money on that. So there's nothing that the Steelers have to eat cash-wise, but they will eat it cap-wise. Great question from Jeff. Good questions this week, both. From uh, our, it seems like a favorite state this week, Louisiana. And again, I'll answer all your questions anytime. 484-416-5654. That's the Google voicemail. And I'll answer it just like I did here on the Business of Sports podcast. And that'll do it for the Branch Rants edition of this week's Business of Sports podcast. Thanks, as always, to producer extraordinaire Brian Neal. Really appreciate those that follow me on Twitter and give us good ratings on Apple Podcasts, the rankings, comments, do matter, so we really appreciate them. And we'll be back next week with another episode, another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.